Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and for this week's episode, I have for you a continuation of what the Lord has shown us about the end times. Now, initially, this was going to be two episodes, but Glinda and myself decided that since we have so much to share, we would make it a three-part series. And so, without any more delay, here is part two. Enjoy the show, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is What the Lord Has Told Us About These End Times, and this is part two of this teaching. I have my very good friend Ray Bergman of Innocence Redeemed with me today. Thank you for taking the time to be on JPH Radio, Ray. Thank you, Glenda. It's good to be back again. So part one, we began talking about all the stuff that's coming in these end times, and we shared some of the messages and dreams the Lord had given us. Part two will be a continuation of these messages. All of the words, dreams, and visions have one thing in common, that time is running out and the end is fast approaching. We are very concerned about the scores of people who do not realize how close the end is and all those who are honestly ridiculing this type of message. You know, Glenda, so many in unbelief and scoffing in this late hour. You know, I read the following message in a recent podcast, but I'd like to read it again for today's show. The Lord gave me a message titled, Why Do You Not Listen? back in April of 2021. Oh, my people, the enemy seeks to destroy you, but you continue to look to the comforts you know. Have I not set my watchmen forth to warn you? Why do you continue to seek out worldly solutions in search of peace? Do you believe your idols can protect you? Do you not know the times? Have I not provided understanding by sending the watchmen to witness and prepare you? Do I not give you these parables in my word? Have I shown you not the earth changes and the signs? You continue to scoff at those I have sent before you to warn, believing these events are for a later time. Many of my children I desire to save possess a heart of indifference. You continue to attempt discouragement through complacency. Shall I not recompense consequence for this? Those I send to warn will not stop, for I have sent them forth out of my love for you. My children, I plead with you to draw near to me, for only I can provide the provisions and protection you seek. Study my word, for it shall give you wisdom, and I shall speak to you. As your leaders continue to pass laws in the name of peace, they plan destruction counting on your apathy. A day comes when you will no longer be able to work. Goods will perish, famine and disease will rule the day. Behold, a great war has begun. Do you not see? A great shaking has begun. An army is coming to do the enemy's will, scattering my people throughout the land. Do you not see this migration now? Have I not shown you the meaning of my words in what you have witnessed before your very eyes? Why do you continue to look the opposite ways when I have told you I have overcome the world? Why such unbelief? I desire none shall perish, only to turn from their sin. What will you do when you are separated from your family and cannot provide? when your comfort and security is removed from you. Repent, for the day of destruction draweth nigh. A great deception presents. O my people, 
Why do you pretend to hear when you won't listen? Why do you pretend to see when you are deceived by leaning into thine own understanding? Seek me, and I will set your ways forth in what is to come. Seek me in all thy ways, and I shall give you peace and solace. You will have understanding in how to contend with the indignation upon you. And you know, Glenda, I'd like to um, quote some scripture here as it pertains. When we look at Second Thessalonians 2, verses 7 through 12, For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed. But the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those who are on their way to destruction. Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived, and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing truth. Now, as for those who refuse to listen, Acts chapter 13 verses 40 through 41 say, Be careful, don't let the prophet's words apply to you. For they said, Look, you mockers, be amazed and die. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. Then we take a look at Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 2 through 20. Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their own fault if they die. They heard the alarm, but ignored it. So the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives, but if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn people, he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. Now, son of man, I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die, and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die in their sins, and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them to repent, and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying, our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn, turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? Son of man, give your people this message. The righteous behavior of righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin, nor will the wicked behavior of wicked people destroy them if they repent and turn from their sins. When I tell righteous people that they will live, but then they sin, expecting their past righteousness to save them, then none of their righteous acts will be remembered. I will destroy them for their sins. And suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die, but then they turn from their sins and do what is just and right. For instance, they might give back a debtor's security, return what they have stolen, and obey my life-giving laws, no longer doing what is evil. If they do this, then they will surely live and not die. None of their past sins will be brought up again, for they have done what is just and right, and they will surely live. Your people are saying, the Lord isn't doing what's right, but it is they who are not doing what is right. For again I say, when righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and turn to evil, they will die. But 
if wicked people turn from their wickedness and do what is just and right, they will live. O people of Israel, you are saying, the Lord isn't doing what's right, but I judge each of you according to your deeds. And, you know, when we move on to uh, verse 25, it says, So tell these people, this is what the sovereign Lord says, you eat meat with blood in it. You worship idols and you murder the innocent. Do you really think the land should be yours? Murderers, idolaters, adulterers, should the land belong to you? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, As surely as I live, those living in the ruins will die by the sword, and I will send wild animals to eat those living in the open fields. Those hiding in the forts and caves will die of disease. I will completely destroy the land and demolish her pride. Her arrogant power will come to an end. The mountains of Israel will be so desolate that no one will even travel through them. When I have completely destroyed the land because of their detestable sins, then they will know that I am the Lord. Son of man, your people talk about you in their houses and whisper about you at the doors. They say to each other, come on, let's go hear the prophet tell us what the Lord is saying. You know, they look at it like it's entertainment, in other words. And yeah, I've seen some of that. Now, I love what he said in that first line. Oh, my people, the enemy seeks to destroy you, but you continue to look to the comforts you know. Have I not sent my watchmen forth to warn you? In other words, you're comforting yourselves with the things of the world, which we all did before we were saved. Even though he has sent his warnings that the world is coming to an end and there is so much danger coming in this time. And I know it's easy, you know, to look around and think, oh, none of that's happening. None of that's coming. That's called denial. A frightening trend I've noticed lately is people saying a loving God would never do that. Or, oh, he would never destroy America. Really now. He destroyed his beloved Israel. Or there is no God. Psalm 14.1 says, and this was a psalm that David wrote to the chief musician. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. You know, it always scares me when people think if they can judge God. That's a really dangerous mindset, y'all. He is real and he is alive. And your unbelief will not stop anything that is coming except how scared you will be when it rolls out if you've wasted all this time scoffing and mocking. I don't understand how anyone can think they know enough to judge him. Whenever you do that, you obligate him to show up and introduce himself in a big way in your life, just so you know that. It's true, and everyone would do well to take note of, and remember Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. This is what the Lord continues to stress, especially as we are going into this new year. You know, I felt an urgency on Christmas Eve. I began interceding for the lost while I was watching a movie with my family on Christmas Eve. I mean, I intercede for the lost anyway, but this was different. Folks, you don't want to be found an unbeliever without the spiritual oil in your lamps. That's what all of Ezekiel 33, which I was just reading, is saying. When the Lord sends his people to warn, and you make the choice not to listen. If you choose not to listen, you're going to be given over to the strong delusion. And you know, Paul spoke of that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9-12, through 12, that I just quoted a moment ago. And yet, despite all this, the mockery continues, but... Then the word says it would. The Lord told his prophets how it would be. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 8 through 10. Now go and write down these words. Write them in a book. They will stand until the end of time as a witness. That these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay attention to the Lord's instructions. They tell the seers, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, 
Don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Folks, let me just put something in perspective here. And some of you would do well to listen to the spiritual gift podcast I did in understanding everyone has a different calling. Glenda and I run End Times Ministries. That is our anointing. That is our calling. Criticize all you want, but we'll just block you. We don't have time for that. You know, we are here to reach lukewarm Christians or those who are on the fence. Listen or not, but it doesn't change the message or the situation any more than those who would not listen to the prophet Jeremiah when he did what the Lord told him and warned the people of his day that they were facing judgment. It's no different now. We've gone over the sins the Lord desires repentance from many, many times. We don't walk around telling you once saved, always saved, and therefore you can just do whatever you want. Many want to come to God, but they don't understand he desires all of you, your commitment. What you get from him depends on your commitment. Now, what did I mean by saying that you can't just take it for granted that you're saved? Well, for starters, let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 15-17. through 17. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. And if you love, by the way, if you love the family of believers, you're not going to go around and chastise those who are giving prophetic message or who are the watchmen trying to warn the unsaved. You know, Romans chapter 6 verse 22 says, But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. You know, if you're free in Christ, you don't keep taking part in the ungodly sins or going along with it. And what do I mean by going along with it? You don't associate with those who are of unbelief. And that includes Christians who say they're believers but then continue to act contrary. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17 says, Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And since we're on the topic of Revelations, let's take a look at Revelation chapter 18, verses 4 and 5. Then I heard another voice calling from heaven, Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. For her sins are piled up as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. You know, these sins I speak of, to name a few, are getting drunk every night or shacking up and sleeping around. And that's just a few examples of many. You know, there are those who do that, and then they show up at church every Sunday, and they happen to be churches where these sins are not even spoken or taught about. And you know, for reference, just look at Malachi chapter 2, verse 7 through 9. Sometimes they're not even called sins, but again, all would do well to understand what Scripture says when it comes to being truly saved. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And that is what those of us in ministry do. We speak in the true faith we have and in love appealing to others to get right with the Lord. We lead because we genuinely have the love of Christ in our hearts. You know, please don't be confused. A true Christian lives like it. Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 16 say, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So, either commit to follow Jesus or don't. Get off the fence. You're either hot or cold. A true believer, walking after Jesus, 
has Christ established in their heart. Thus, that sin is put to death, and there are no desires to sin nor to mock those who teach on it. And, you know, I don't like getting too far off point here, but that needed to be addressed. You know, when you live under heavy sin and follow churchanity, I'm sorry to say, but you're deceived. And Glinda, speaking of which, you had a word about deception or a beautiful illusion given to you as well, did you not? Yes, I did. And what you were saying is so true. Those who live under heavy sin and follow churchianity are going to fall into deception in this time. God will give you over to deception if you don't seek truth. And the word even says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's John 14, 15. You know, I'm, I'm really afraid for the people who are mocking and scoffing and for those who are indifferent to God's warning messages. Let's talk for a minute about what the word says about scoffing. Because I think we need to bring this up. And by the way, 2 Peter 3.3 3 is the only place in the King James Version of the Bible where the word scoffers appears. And the Greek word translated scoffers means a derider. And the dictionary definition of scoff is to speak to someone or about something in a scornfully derisive or mocking way. And a derider, to deride, is defined as to express contempt for or ridicule. So scoffers are people who express contempt for and ridicule what they are scoffing at. In this case, the prophetic warnings being given. So 2 Peter 3.3 says, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts. And verse 4 says, and this is the New King James I'm, I'm reading from, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. In other words, nothing has changed. Verse 5, for this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water. And verse 6, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Verse 7, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So for any of you who don't know, the final judgment does come by fire. The first one came by water. Yes, and Glenda, to continue on in Second Peter 3, we take a look at verses 8 through 12. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. And so to put those words into perspective, you get nothing hurried along by being indifferent. The Lord desires his people to be in agreement with one another, being merciful to one another. You know, that verse 12 is so interesting. He will set the heavens on fire. Can you imagine looking up and seeing everything up there in the sky on fire? That is going to be wild. Hope I'm not here to see that. I have empathy for the people that are indifferent because I used to be indifferent too. And when my mom or my eldest sister would witness to me, I'd be like, don't talk to me about the Jesus stuff because I just wasn't interested. I remember my eldest sister crying because she was so afraid for me. 
I was so headstrong and I was going high speed down the wrong road. And I had led her to Christ in the, in the 1980s. But I think that just made mom and Judy pray harder. You know, there are some tough women in my family, y'all. We hang on to Jesus like a dog hanging on to a stake. I still remember when Judy bought everybody, unsaved and saved, a copy of A Divine Revelation of Hell by Mary Kay Baxter. I was already saved by then, thank goodness. The difference in then and now is we are staring down the barrel of a loaded gun. And those who refuse to listen now may not get another chance to accept the Lord as their Savior. They may not get another chance to repent of the sins they did last night and get right with the Lord or to go the right way. And I'm afraid for them and my heart breaks for them at the same time because I used to be among them and because we know where they are headed with no way back if they don't choose him soon. As for the saved people who don't listen to the message, they, along with those who think, you know, somebody is going to magically pull America out of the toilet and restore her, y'all, you're in for a terrible shock when these events begin. That is not what's coming. And maybe somebody could pull America out of the toilet and save her if it were not for the fact that the reason all of what you see is happening is because we are witnessing God's unfolding hand of judgment. He has told us that if America did not repent, this was years ago, that if America did not repent, he was going to pull back his hand of protection. And I was not a person he told that to. He told it to someone else. When the invasion occurs and our enemies rush in to take over this nation, that is when his hand is completely off of this country. And then only those who are walking closely with him will be shown any mercy. Please understand me when I tell you, I wish we did have more time, more good time. There's so much more I want to teach on and study. But, and please don't think we want to see America destroyed any more than you do. We both have unsafe family members we're concerned about. We put these shows together and put out the warnings because this is our job. This is what God has called us to do. It's what he requires of us. And because we really care what happens to y'all. It's not going to be like before where, you know, we had a recession or we had a war and then everything gets better. This time we will have an unprecedented recession. It will be an economic crash and a massive war involving America and other nations. And things will get worse, a lot worse. And then the end will come. But before it comes, those who refuse the Lord now and those who scoff and mock and refuse to get their hearts right with him will be carried into the great tribulation for refining. And what he told me was, how well you submit to that refining determines how long you have to stay in there with all the horrors that are going to be going on. You know, Glenda, it's interesting that you say that. You you mentioned that because he's told me independently um, when I have prayed for certain people that are, you know, lost, he's told me that they're not going to like the methods he uses to refine them. Yeah, didn't he give you a message on unconventional refining or something like that? Because I'd never heard that term before. Uh, yeah, he did. It was back in July, and um, I was in prayer one time, and he began to speak. My son, you must continue to warn those I desire to save. The sadness you feel is indeed of me. It is great sadness for those who have refused my calling. You must tell my people that I desire they turn from their idols and wickedness, for I desire to show mercy unto them. They must call on me. Those who refuse my calling will face an unconventional refining in the season you have entered. It is not my will any should suffer, but this is their choice. My people, you must choose who you serve, for there will be recompense for rebellion. And um, to reference scripture, we look at Zechariah chapter 13, verses 8 through 9. 
where it says two-thirds of the people in the land will be cut off and die, says the Lord. But one-third will be left in the land. I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people, and they will say, the Lord is our God. Yeah, the bottom line is, you know, everything in our country, in America, is not ever going back to the way it was. He has told us that. The normal we grew up in is gone forever. I wish it wasn't, but it is. The normal of even 20 years ago is gone forever. This is our new normal. A wicked government who hates us and wants us all dead because of who we serve. And we cannot change that. So we need to accept it and move on. Clinging to what is not here anymore is only going to leave you unprepared for what is on the way. Please, please hear me on this. The new normal is part of the beautiful illusion. The Lord told us about the beautiful illusion on November 27th, 2018. Let me read that. And by the way, I believe this illusion is how the powers that be sell the mark of the beast to so many. That and the fact that so few, at least in my country, are willing to do without anything. I believe that they will say some kind of garbage like, let's remove the hate from America so everybody can be their authentic selves without anyone trying to force their beliefs on us. What they really mean is so their flesh can rule and no one will protest the perverse laws they're going to pass. We all have the same choice. Walk in the flesh and continually satisfy the desires of the flesh which, by the way, never gets enough of anything, or walk in the Spirit and serve God, who will help you get free of all those fleshly desires so you can have peace. This is a word for somebody the Lord is saying, you can be free. The devil lied to you through people and said you cannot. But he says, I am the mighty Jehovah. My son is Jesus, and whom he sets free is free indeed. If you cry out to Jesus for your freedom, you will be free. Okay, so let's talk about the beautiful illusion. From November 27, 2018, I saw a spirit vision of a beautiful illusion being created before all people. It sparkled and shone like a fairy tale, glistening so beautifully. I could not see the details of the illusion, but it looked like the illusion of a beautiful way of living or a beautiful life. And I said, what am I seeing, Father? Peace, peace, then sudden destruction. Be careful, my children, the stories you believe in. Be careful that you do not buy into the enemy's deceptions, for they appear real. Remember, he can transform into an angel of light. He can appear as light. Cling to my holy word. I see death and destruction are hidden behind the illusion being created, like the conveyor belt vision I was shown in 1999 or 2000. What I saw, the brutality and death, reminded me of things I had seen on television about the Holocaust. Dreadful visions. There is no going back for those who choose this way, the way of the beautiful illusion. If they choose the illusion over me, I shall give them over to it. And I saw someone being given over to it. And behind the screen of the beautiful illusion was Satan himself laughing as he grabbed that unfortunate soul. You know, in Revelation chapter 14, in verse 9, it says, and the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, verse 10, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. 
in Revelation chapter 13, verse 16, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Verse 17, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. 18, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. Now a score is 20 in the Bible, so three score is 60. Six, six, six. Revelation 20, verse four. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. First Thessalonians five, three. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Well, it's like an illustration of a coming storm and warnings are not heeded. I had a dream where everything was turned upside down. And I can't recall if I told you about this one. I may have made mention of it to you at, the, at some point, but I can't recall if I went into detail about it. And I posted it on my blog, and it was around the second week of April this last year. The title of the blog, it can be found under, is called Not As It Seems. In this dream, it appeared everything was turned upside down. And what I mean by that is, there was what we see here on Earth, but in the sky was a city where there were buildings, and they were all upside down. It was very unsettling, and in this dream, I specifically recall seeing the Capitol along with other landmarks and other buildings. Almost like it was a fake manufactured city that was parallel to what we know as real. It appeared to be above New York because I could see many buildings on the ground that looked familiar, and there was a harbor nearby. I believe this is also where it was in the dream because that is a major financial center, and I saw bankers and financial leaders. What I saw in the sky in this dream almost looked fake and plastic, like there was something that was unreal about it. And I recall taking pictures with my phone, but when I tried to send them to, out to those I knew, they either said they didn't receive them, or when I pulled the pictures up on my phone, it was as if they were static and not really there. Or it was forbidden to share it for whatever reason. Or maybe it wouldn't do any good. I recall seeing people in this dream, like past co-workers and acquaintances, whom I was trying to say, hey, look, and I was pointing, do you see that? And for whatever reason, they were oblivious, even though this was a huge city in the sky upside down. The ones I ran into walking around seemed indifferent. I remember walking around trying to tell anyone I could, and I walked up upon a group of businessmen. And for some reason, I get the impression they were tied to financial institutions and they appeared to be swarming around this statue of sorts, almost worshipping it and bowing down to it. It was very bizarre. This statue represented something, though not clear what it was, and its hand was raised with a finger pointing in a northeast direction. I'm not even sure what that means or if it was meant to be pointing at the deception itself. And when I looked to the direction it was pointing, the city that was in the sky appeared to still be there, but it was moving further away. And yet people were still not paying attention or noticing it. And my thought on it was, you know, did this signify that this deception was moving in order to fool the whole world? I mean, it could mean exactly that. That's a really interesting vision. 
I remember seeing a party like that in one of the visions. I had the people of the world that were all dancing around like that, but I don't remember that one well. And I believe I was being shown what is soon coming in the time of lawlessness. In the time of lawlessness, I don't think we've talked about this before, but lawlessness means anything goes and nobody's going to come help you when it does. Keep that in mind. Somebody breaks into your house, no police are going to come save you. You know, somebody wants to come take your purse or, you know, beat your kids up or whatever. Nobody's going to come save you. I did not see any of God's people in that one. Uh, it looked like all the people that there were partying naked, which is their spiritual state of being, unless they give their hearts to Jesus. In a, in a vision, if you see someone naked, it means that they're spiritually uncovered. They don't have the blood on them. And, you know, Glenda, you mentioned the lawlessness also as the time you were getting the vision of. After I had that dream, I spent about a week, a week and a half in Second Thessalonians chapters 2 and 3, and also time in Second uh, Timothy chapters 2 and 3. But I also kept praying on it. And one night as I was settling in, the Lord began to speak to me. My son, do you remember the dream I gave you? Do you remember the statue in the dream? Do you remember the people dancing around it while all was turned upside down? The statue represents the idols of the world. It represents the many deceptions the lost are choosing to embrace. It is not only tied to earthly pleasures and false beliefs. It is tied to deceit and lawlessness and the spirit thereof. Indeed, it represents many embracing the man of lawlessness rather than embracing the truth in me. My son, you have been asking why, for as obvious as the deception is, why they can't see. It is because many have hardened their hearts. These have embraced lies of wickedness and refused to hear my calling. They have refused to see what I have shown them. Events will now begin to give those with ears and eyes to see one last chance to call on me. When you see these begin, lift them up to me that I may rescue them from their hour of trial. Those who refuse me still will be given over to the deception. And then I asked the Lord, you know, Lord, what if they still won't listen? What are your people to do? My son, do not focus on those who will not listen. Your job is to tell others what I have told you to say to them. My children are to continue on in their assignments regardless of what they hear, regardless of what they see. Keep your focus on me. As you are witnessing, much lawlessness abounds now against many. There is great heartache and strife among you. A great war has begun, and soon this war will be against my own. As these occur, my people will be tempted to respond. My people must not give in to the temptation to engage in behaviors not of me. In any behavior of lawlessness you see, in any deception you see, you are not to take part. Do not believe it. You are to stress this strongly to my people. No matter what you see, keep your focus on me and remember my word. My people are to stand strong in their faith in the face of adversity and wait for me. I will come for my own and gather them. You will know when I am calling you. Stand strong in that which you know of me. So now it's important to understand that the dream and this message were given to me before I received that message about the white horse like I was just talking about. And we've been seeing all of this ratcheting up the second part of you know last year. And you know now they're going through and you know talking about the persecution coming for his people. You know Washington just passed something where now they're going to go around and arrest people. And they're looking at laws in Washington to do the same. So I mentioned the upside down dream because you speak of the beautiful illusion. And 
I felt it may be appropriately tied to that due to it being a deception, which you and I were told separately not to believe in no matter what. My children are to continue on in their assignments regardless of what they hear, regardless of what they see. I love that the Lord told us what to do while our whole world is just flipped upside down. Because, you know, I already wake up some days thinking, welcome to crazy town. Let me repeat what the Lord said. A great war has begun, and soon this war will be against my own. As these occur, my people will be tempted to respond. My people must not give in to the temptation to engage in behaviors not of me. In any behavior of lawlessness you see, in any deception you see, you are not to take part. Do not believe it. You are to stress this strongly to my people. No matter what you see, keep your focus on me and remember my word. My people are to stand strong in their faith in the face of adversity and wait for me. I will come for my own and gather them. That's good news, y'all. I love that last line. I will come for my own and gather them. How awesome is our God. You know, the Lord has also told me we need to keep our eyes on him. Keep our focus on Jesus. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. There are only so many things that will help us get through this time. And that's them in a nutshell. And I definitely could see a connection between your upside down dream and the beautiful illusion. And the beautiful illusion made me remember the conveyor belt vision. People blindly pursuing that illusion on the screen. Yeah, you left a comment on my blog about that vision on my uh, slanted roadway dream, which I wanted to share today, too. And I replied back at the time that I never heard you mention that one before. Would you be able to share that one with us all since we're on that subject? Oh, yeah, that was uh, the conveyor belt vision. I could not find where I wrote that one down, but I remember it pretty well. I was on Beltline Road in Dallas traffic. That was back when I lived in Dallas in 1999 or 2000, that area. A vision opened up where I saw a line of cars on a conveyor belt. Everyone was staring straight ahead, and they were smiling these weird Stepford Wives smiles, like lifeless smiles. It was very strange looking. Further back on the belt, I saw that every now and then, a big hand would pick up one of the cars and put it over into a garden area where it was safe. I looked up ahead to see what they were heading for on the conveyor belt and saw a big screen with a picture of a beautiful life on it. It looked like, <laughs> if you watch TV, you know all those drug commercials where they show you people being so happy in their life and retirement and all that? And it, it was like something like that. Just before the screen, but hidden to the cars moving towards it, was a pit. The conveyor belt was dumping all the cars into that deep pit as they got up to it. They did not have any warning to get off the belt. Behind the screen, I saw Big Mouth Satan laughing uproariously as each of the cars of people fell down into the pit. And it makes you think of Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. Proverbs 27, 12. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. And you know, Glinda, you mentioned Proverbs 14, verse 15, but let us also take a look at Proverbs 14, verse 16. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. You know, Glenda, in regards to the conveyor belt vision, it's interesting you had that back in 99 or 2000. I had a dream recently on the morning of December 17th, just before I awoke for the day. And I posted this on my blog at the time, which some of you may have seen, but I feel given the topic of this episode, it may be fitting to share here as well. And the title of that dream, as it's named on my blog, is titled The Slanted Roadway. In this dream, I was riding in a car on a highway, and I can't be sure where I was. Everything was unfamiliar, but perhaps, you know, that's not important because it could have been anywhere to convey the message. At first, things seemed normal. 
it was a beautiful sunny morning. Then things began to change, and there were these overcast skies a moment later. As I looked ahead, it appeared we were on a highway, and the road appeared to be slanted at a 40-degree angle. And in this way, you wouldn't think that travel would be possible due to the incline and the leaning of the roadway. And it was going up and up as the ride progressed forward. And there was an overpass or a bridge, but I can't be sure, and the cars were disappearing over the horizon as they got to the top. I was with someone, I, I wasn't sure who though. I think it may have been my dad, but I can't, sh- understand, I can't be sure and I don't understand why. I recall thinking to myself, something isn't right, we need to get off this road, but the person I was with seemed to be cheery and oblivious that anything was wrong. And I happened to look to my right and I saw a red minivan packed with kids and a man, which I presumed to be their dad, driving it. And the kids and their dad alike were waving and smiling as they sped past. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, they're going pretty fast. You know, they acted as if they couldn't tell something was wrong. Another thing I noticed is that most highways have a reverse park going in the opposite direction, but this one didn't. It was three lanes, all one way, going toward the steep and crooked incline. And there were exits, but nobody was getting off, even though the danger was clear as day. And I remember looking to my right once again, and the van with the kids had disappeared. As we approached the incline, I recall shutting my eyes, and the road at some point did end, because I remember feeling suspended in the air, but the feeling was like I was caught. I knew at that moment the Lord had caught me, because I belonged to him. And that was the end of the dream. I woke up. Both your dream and the conveyor belt vision are showing us the same thing. People being led blindly to their eternal destruction because they believed a lie. They believed everything is going to be all right. Yeah, until it isn't which is Satan's whole plan. Right, and many are still going right along with it, marching right to their own demise while attempting to drag us along with them. And so as to what is signified by cars speeding on a crooked roadway and going over the edge, I believe where everyone ends up, even after this journey, is going to depend on their salvation, and that's their relationship with the Lord. You know, we may not be able to escape what is coming upon the earth, though I do believe some of us will. But we can prepare our spirits and souls for eternal salvation in Jesus Christ and change the outcome, even if everyone else is attempting to drag us with them over the end of the roadway or the cliff and not realizing what time it is. I mean, you'll note at the end of that dream, I was caught. And I also was not panicked in this dream because I knew immediately when that vehicle approached the edge of that roadway that I did not die. The Lord had me securely in the palm of his hand. I went on living and I was safe. At least I went on living with him. I knew this in that moment and felt safe that I was in the presence of the Most High God. So I just want to say that, you know, it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing and what's going on around us. We need to be focusing on Jesus and trusting in him regardless of anything and doing his will. In this volatile season, it's not the time to be playing around. You know, there's several examples coming to light lately to anyone who's paying attention. I agree. If you're saved and walking with the Lord, he's got you, even if you die here on the earth. But it's scary how easily so many people can fall for what we know is outright deception. But the Lord has said that Satan has filled his own people's hearts with hatred for us. So they will go along with those plans that are meant to bring us harm, which are also deception. Already the big tech companies are in on this plan to do away with us. And this was all planned a long time ago, clearly. And it all leads up to one thing, communism and control. Okay, that's two things. Communism is all about control, though. And the Lord actually warned us about communism on March 10th, 2019. 
in a word called a new communist America. I was in my house. I was not doing anything much. I was honoring that day as my Sabbath when I began to get impressions in the spirit. And I'd been praying to be shown some of what is coming to the people of God in these end times. A dark, dark oppression is coming to the people of America, and it feels like a heavy, dark blanket. It feels like communism, the spirit that was over Russia years ago. I see the people being stifled and held down against their wills. A dark leader has taken over in Washington, and America, once the land of the free, has become a land of oppression. Its people, now oppressed, told it's for their own safety, for their own good. This is how it begins. But it is not for their own good. It is a path to making them submit. Something is missing, but I cannot see what it is. Something has been taken away from us. Not only our freedom, not only free speech. It's more than that. The air feels so heavy, we're afraid to breathe. On March 28, 2019, I was contemplating what I had seen on the 10th, and I saw that once there is a bounty on Christians, and because Satan's people will have such a zeal to remove all those who have stood for righteousness, nowhere will be safe. There will be infiltrates that if you witness to them, they will report you. If you do a Google search and it relates to anything Christian, people will show up at your house and kill you. If you go to Amazon and order something and it is related to anything Christian, you will be reported and they will kill you. The government in America will not only sanction this, they will encourage it. So evil will be the leader ruling America in that time. The leader I see in the spirit is so evil, I wonder if it is the Antichrist. It feels both male and female, so I don't know whether to call it a he or a she. That's certainly the spirit of Antichrist right there, if you ask me. I agree. And it will be the government who does most of the killing at first. I was shown years ago and continually since then that after this is off to a big start, killing Christians wherever you find them will be not only allowed, it will be encouraged, and then it will become a news item that CNN and others will report with glee. More haters removed today for a stronger America. By the way, that somewhat started in June of 2020 when they defended the lawlessness and the burning of businesses and called it peaceful. At least on the news, that's what they were doing. You know, all of that was a preview of what's to come. And when we reference John chapter 16, verses 1 through 3, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And on that note, we all know what Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says about those who call good evil and vice versa. So true. I agree with you. It is a preview of what's coming. A friend of mine I've not been able to contact for some time named Curtis used to see visions of cities on fire. He saw them night after night after night. Now we know what he was seeing. I didn't know back then. That was years ago. I saw that there would be people who literally build their wealth out of reporting Christians so they will be killed. And then the government gives those people whatever the Christians own to keep. There will be a special breed of evil that reigns that Christians will be unable to overcome, as this will be the time spoken of in Daniel 7. Daniel 7, starting in verse 20. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Verse 21, I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. 
Verse 22, until the ancient of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. It's also spoken of in Revelation 13, 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. You have to wonder how he gets power even over other nations. The leader's heart in that time will be so dark, there is no light in it. A person without mercy, bent on destroying all that is America because it once stood for God, bent on removing every trace of him from this land. There will be no more mercy, no love, no charity, and no government that shows any care for its people at all. There will be sin and wickedness, perversion and lawlessness, and it will rule in this land. This will be a leader Satan fully owns. The Lord said this Holocaust will be of both Christians and Jews, and it will be worse than the Holocaust Adolf Hitler started. And he gave us that word on communism back in March of 2019 before anyone had ever heard of coronavirus, y'all. That was the Lord warning us of what is coming, what's headed for us. They're not done. Perversion will be so much worse than ever before, before time ends. America will legalize pedophilia. It will also legalize bestiality, by the way. Even sex with children and animals will become legal. I've been shown this for many years. It's sickening, but it is true. Well, that's all we have for you this week. We hope that you're enjoying this series. Stay tuned for part three, where Ray and I will be sharing more of what the Lord has told us will be coming in these end days. Ray, thank you so much for coming on to share the dreams the Lord has given you as well as your insight. Would you like to tell the listeners where they can contact you and find your podcast? Sure. Well, listeners may find my blog at www.innocenceredeemed.blog, and there is a contact form under the About section. And as far as the podcast, they can find that on various platforms under Innocence Redeemed, which I also have linked up on my blog under the podcast tab. I highly recommend subscribing to Ray's podcast. It is excellent. I listen to it myself. The Lord has told us to survive even a portion of what is coming in order to win more souls is going to take walking very closely with him and obeying him. He will show us mercy, whatever comes. If we are truly his, which means if he looks at us and he sees a reflection of himself, does he see that when he looks at you? Or is there some stuff you really need to be working on and letting go of? This is not a time to play. This is the real deal. The judgments are rolling out and this is going to be an ugly time. That war and the invasion of America could start any day or any night. Be found abiding in the vine. Be found in him and whatever happens, he will be with you and he will guide you. Amen, Glenda. I agree. And you know, it's this is a perfect opportunity to tell uh, everybody how they can get saved, I, I believe, because, you know, we're running out of time and the Lord is pleading with his people to come near. You know, Revelation 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And going on in Revelation 3 verse 21, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Let us also remember 2 Timothy 2 verse 12 through 13. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. 
You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And Jesus is the only name that you can be saved through. He is the only one that can save you from the fires of hell, okay? He is it. That's it. He is the only one. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So there's three things there. You want to you want to believe, you want to ask Jesus to come into your life. You want him to submit your life to him, basically, and say Jesus is Lord and believe that God did raise him from the dead, which, by the way, is in the history books, in case you don't know that. Uh, Josephus wrote about it. He was one. I think there were others, but he actually wrote about that. He was a historian in that time. Okay, so I'm going to just say a little short prayer now. And if you say this prayer after me, then God will accept you into the family of of his children and you will be saved if you believe in your heart that he sent Jesus to die for our sins and he raised him from the dead after he was crucified. Okay. Lord Jesus, I know that I have sinned and disappointed you and I've never really wanted to follow you before or I've followed you before and I've fallen away. And I ask right now that you would come into my heart and clean up my life for me and help me to understand how to follow you. Help me to understand your word because I don't want to be left behind when the other people are taken from the earth and all the bad things are happening. I want to go with you. And I know that you can take me out of here and no one else can. And so I declare that Jesus is my Lord. I do believe that he died on the cross for my sins and that you raised him from the dead. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, Welcome to the worldwide family of God. You are now a Christian. And you can read the Bible and God will speak to you. You can find a really good church that preaches the truth of the word of God, that doesn't pretend that sin doesn't exist anymore. And you can learn more and more about your new life. You have nothing to lose by trying Jesus. He's real, y'all. He's real. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas 72539, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Have you heard? The 2016 and 2017 messages have been published in book form. Even those who do not profess a belief in God can see something is amiss in the world around us. What is coming for our world in these last days? What does the Lord want us doing while we're waiting for His glorious reappearance? Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night each contain approximately 200 prophetic messages and visions from the throne room of God telling what is coming to America and the world in these end times. The Lord has always warned nations when they were headed for destruction. He has always warned His own people. Are we also being warned? 
get your copy of Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night. Available now on Amazon.com. What is in store for the once great and mighty nation of America in these end times? What is the living God saying to the people of America now? What could possibly be in store for a nation that once trusted in God, but has changed its path from following in the living God's ways to now removing Him from everything and walking the other way? In the book, No Longer Mind, you will find all the messages to America collected in one place in chronological order. No Longer Mind, Messages to an Unrepentant Nation is now available in print at wingsofprophecy.com in the bookstore tab. Get your copy of No Longer Mind today. If you ask anyone you know what the most difficult experience of their life has been, many will answer about a time of betrayal. All those called to walk the narrow path will at some point encounter Judas. How will you respond? Do you know how to recognize Judas when he shows up in your life? Can you keep Judas from bringing destruction to your life and ministry? How can you minimize what Judas cost you? Can you pass the test of absolute betrayal? Get your copy of The Judas Test, available in print and new audiobook, The Judas Test by Glenda Lomax, available now on Amazon.com. Sold out for 30 pieces of silver? In Exodus 21:32, it is the price of a dead slave. In Leviticus 27, 2-7, it is the price of a live one. Jesus was sold for the price of a bondservant. Precious Jesus, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, why did Judas sell his friend out so cheap?